dude matt thank you for coming to do the podcast dude thanks for having me you saved you saved my ass i was just telling you but i you know this was going to be the combo breaker i wasn't going to pull one up this week uh-huh so and then uh i briefly posted on facebook does anyone want in the new brunswick area available to come by and you did I was like, when I saw that, did I comment on it or did I message you? You messaged me. Okay, yeah. Very, which is the better move, much more direct. Yeah, it's always my move is um, also for selfish reasons because I really want, when I saw this, I was like, oh, I really want to do that. If I comment on it, it's going to come up in someone else's news feed that I commented there on. It, <laughs> then I'll have to compete with my friends. That, that's really actually thinking ahead. That's good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I do one of these a week, and I, I always try to keep people lined up. I really, what I was doing was keeping two podcasts on my computer at once. So no matter what, I can't fuck up the next week. Then that happened, and I, I used the second one. Then I never stocked the second one back up. So now I'm, like, uh-huh. scraping by trying to do one a week. So. Yeah, you, uh, you need to replenish your reserves. Yeah, yeah. The good news is that I have four scheduled in the next week. So I'll be yeah. back. I'll be back on, on it. Then I'll get too comfortable and fucking <laughs> up. Just, yeah. That's the cycle, man. I have a hard time like being consistent with anything. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you get that like with yes music or life or I'm really big on streaks. It's like a huge motivating factor in my life. Like for just dumb reasons. Like I didn't eat ketchup for four months last year just because. <laughs> just you weren't feeling it for a bit. I didn't notice I didn't eat ketchup for a bit, and I was like, all right, let's see how long this can go. <laughs> And I learned about, like, new sauces, and, like, uh, I expanded my palate a bit. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, it get turned into, like, uh, one of those, like, inspirational, you know, like, you see those uh-huh. inspirational social media things, but it's just, like, the dumbest concept. <laughs> it's the like, dumbest This thing. man changed it all and took away the most important thing to him. <laughs> and just, I mean, you probably didn't learn about a bunch of cool sauces. I did. I mean, now I eat ketchup again. So yeah. I might have reverted a bit, but no, not really. Like, I don't know. Ketchup, like... So ketchup has a lot of sugar. It's not super healthy for you. It's anyway. not. There's corn syrup in a lot of it too. Yeah. yeah. So when you don't have it for a little bit, you can really taste it when you have it now. So now I just kind of taste gross sometimes. Yeah. I respect that. You know, uh, I have, I do a kindergarten lunch duty at work and they literally eat ketchup out of the packets. <laughs> it's disgusting, dude. A kid yeah. will ask me for four ketchup packets and they'll eat three of them just and his hands are all gross and yeah. Well, if there's one thing that kindergartners need, it's more sugar. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. You, you, um, you subbed for a bit too, right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, for a few years, uh, like three, four school years, three years total, I think. Yeah. How, how did you like being a substitute teacher? It was amazing. It was like, uh, oh, God, it changed my life. The, um, the beautiful thing about it, too, is that when you're done, at the end of the day, that's it. You're done with, with you're done. that class. <laughs> Just walk out. No lesson planning. No homework. Nothing. Yeah. No, like, adult teacher homework, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that's cool also is, like, you can kind of become, like, an anthropologist and just study people and just be like, oh, like, speaking to kindergartners, with kindergartners, every single sport is tackle. Tackle basketball, tackle tag. Sure, yeah. I've just noticed that, like, oh, they just jump on each other for every single thing. No matter what you say. Yeah, yeah. And they're completely fine, too. Yeah, yeah, they're they're fine with it, usually. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's it's interesting. Um, I The times I was a sub, it was just, like, play a DVD, mm-hmm. and that was it, so I never really had to teach yeah. it. I subbed, like, music a little bit, but, like, it was mostly just that and, like, got to check, so. That was, that's the dream. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I... Uh, going back to being consistent, it's always uh, it's always difficult. Even when I was a sub, like I would 
be like, oh, I need to take four days this week to, to teach so I can like get paid enough. Yeah. And I would just, you know, maybe only take three or like just do one like yeah. really half-assed. So what, um, what do you find helps you like, I guess, play music more? Like in regards to subbing? Or no, just like in regards to like, because you play, right? Yeah. You play out of, actually Feeney, I would say is like a really consistent band for playing out live. Yeah, I always try and, I guess the streak thing helps a lot with that. Yeah, uh, We always try and play, you know, we wax and wane, but like, I always try and hit, me personally, at least doing four shows a month. That's good. So That's one a weekend, or yeah. a, on average. We yeah. usually double up, and as yeah. I think we usually do it, so two weekends, but like, yeah, I try and do at least four a month. Uh, a low month for us would be like two shows. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing you guys at Champs, I think. Just out of out of no like I think I was there. I didn't even know you guys were playing, and I saw you guys <laughs> or something. I'm like fuck, you guys are, are out here too. It's impressive, like to be yeah. that tenacious with it. Dude, we yeah we play a lot, a lot in a lot of different spots too. Like when's the first time we played a show together? I feel like it would be at the court, probably Court Tavern. Yeah, yeah, um, with best of the worst, definitely. Although, actually, okay, you don't know this, but the first time I ever played a show, I, I used to be in a band called the Faraway Boys, which I like a folky punk, popish skate punk type band in high okay. school. Uh, we opened up for Big D at the kids' table at Asbury Lanes, and uh, what was that like? Two thousand? Nah, yeah, twelve. 12? Yeah, or eleven? No, eleven? Two thousand eleven? And you guys? That we was played. Like, Best of the worst played. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my first time, actually. That's how I discovered you guys. And uh, I think I got the Tomahawk. If it was out then, that's when I got the it, Tomahawk. It totally was out. Yeah, okay. we're all out of those. Yeah, I forgot about that record. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That was a fun-ass show. <laughs> it was man. a really fun Seen show. Big D at the Lanes. Rest yeah. in peace to the Lanes. Too. Yeah, right? Oh, man. Favorite venue. <laughs> yeah. We um, The dude we had on last week, Josh, was like the, the cook there. Oh, nice. Yeah, he was the Tater Todd. Boy. I was going to say, Mr. Todd's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's where he still got... I mean, some cool shit going on, but it, it's sad. I mean, we were talking about Hal Hamilton Street Cafe before, mm -hmm. right? It's sad when, you know, those places that you felt were so important, like, go Just away. Just kind of go. It was so, I think, okay, so Hamilton Street went away because of Hurricane Irene, I want to say. Yeah. Whatever the hurricane in 2008 was. Katrina? Could that be? No, wait, no, no Katrina I'm stupid. Was, Katrina was New Orleans. Yeah, yeah Katrina was like 05 because, yeah, it was 05. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Um... <laughs> I know because of who was in office at the time and stuff. And sure, yeah that, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, although I guess he was still in office if in 08, but yeah, tail end. Um, so, yeah, I think it was Irene. It's probably Irene. And uh, that, like, wiped out the scene in my eyes. Like, or it didn't wipe it out, but, like, slowly venues then started closing. That's the economy taking a hit, did a lot. Yeah. But then just places started closing down, and I felt like the scene definitely waned a lot from, like, 2000. I don't know. It started waning a little bit from 2008 to 2010, I'd say. It's Especially when you're, yeah. like, a, a kid or young, under 18 and you don't drive. And, like, you're really only going to places within, like, a 20-minute drive vicinity. It's yeah. Like, it really hurts. It does. It really, yeah. And that's about – that's pretty much when I was really getting into the scene. So I guess I shouldn't say it waned because it felt really strong still. But I don't know. I feel like kids, like – No, it did. All yeah. ages venue def venues definitely fell off. Definitely. Because I, I was still in high school at that point, too, and I, I felt that. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, 
it, it sucks. That place, Boundbrook just fucking floods a lot. Yeah. Boundbrook, New Jersey is floods. It's like on a river, right? On the Is that the Raritan River? Yeah. It's the, well, it's, yeah, the Raritan River. Yeah, yeah. it fucking floods hard. Yeah. <laughs> and you got that Boundbrook going through it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. There, I remember there were watermarks on, I used to like deliver bread to like a kitchenette mm-hmm. over there and there were watermarks in their back room, like almost up to the ceiling. Oh my like, God. The whole fucking building. Well, it's below sea level, I think, right? Yeah, has to be. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, that's that's Ex- extreme water damage. So yeah, eventually I guess the owner of that place figured that it wasn't a viable place to have a music venue because it kept flooding. Mm-hmm. He had Bloomfield Cafe, which I was there the night they shut that down. Really? Because it was like uh, the Flaming Tsunamis were playing. Okay. Like a ska core band and Jade oh, yeah. Fire, like another like punk ska band was playing. Who now those guys are in Kill Lincoln actually? But um, Great thing. yeah. Um, we got there and like there was a false alarm for a gas leak there. So uh-huh. then the fire department came to check it out, and then they walked in and they were like, "You're gonna have people in this fucking building tonight. <laughs> this this column isn't even supporting anything. It's not even connected to the ceiling." Like, oh my god! And there's just exposed wires, and they're like, "Yeah, we're shutting this place down." And then it just never reopened. I forget that dude Mark it was the owner, I guess, of both places. Then I remember, like two years later, they were teasing that he was going to open a cafe in Rahway. Rahway Cat, yes. Remember that, dude? I guarantee you that website is still up right now. Rahway Cat, I'm going to check after. <laughs> yeah, I was so yeah. fucking stoked. I'm like, all right, like that's close, and that's it's the same guy, so I yeah. trust it'd be the same thing, you know? Oh uh, no, totally. I was like, it's close enough. It's going to be great. I used to call them, and then they'd be like, oh yeah, we'll open at some point, and nothing. That's it. Ah oh, man. The classic, yeah. Stay tuned mm-hmm. for <laughs> stay big news coming soon. Oh, I see that yeah. a lot. Yeah, uh, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, so that was like a huge drop off, especially when you look at okay, venues are so important. Like when you're already ingrained in the scene, and you know bands, you can go to more DIY like basement shows, and you can go because you're in the club. Sure, yeah, yeah. But, but like, like an all ages venue, right? you need like, that when you're 14. Yeah, you do. <laughs> That's what I feel like made a lot of us like lifers and the fact that we'll probably do this forever or like mm-hmm. and as long as we fucking can. Like, yeah. I don't see myself ever stopping, you know, like playing music no. and playing shows. I'm going to do this. Yeah, I'm going to do this the rest of my life. Yeah. What else would we fucking it's do? It's just right? what you do. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like be somewhere running a show. And then, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's tough now for kids to find a space to do that, I think. Like I have, I mean, I have fifth graders, but like a parent was asking me like, where's a place they can like play a concert? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, where you're not going to pay $400 to rent out a Legion Hall or something? I don't know. And it's like, not a bar that you have to, you know, be in a certain age to get in. Yeah. And then another teacher was like, ah, oh, just throw a party in your basement and have the kids play. And they're like, yeah, maybe. And I'm like, yeah, run house shows for 10-year-olds. Like, that's, yeah. that's fucking cool. Get them mm-hmm. into music. Do you know? it, yeah. He's the, the kid I have is, like, into Green Day and shit, too. And, like, mm-hmm. his hair is blue. So, like, I feel like he's going to turn into, like, a kind of, like, weirdo punker guy. So How old is he? He's 10? He's 10, yeah. Okay, so if he's 10, he already has blue hair. He's going to be into, like... He's going to be into, like, American Nightmare by the time he's 15. <laughs> he's very well on his way. Yeah. I showed him, like, and then Catch-22, and he's like, oh, this sounds like Green nice. Day. Because he plays the trombone, too. So, okay. like, you scars my gateway. Like, yeah, this, like, punk music's cool, and, like, so is the horn, right? Like That's the best part about being a sub is, yeah, give it or teacher is just giving the kids music. <laughs> yeah, just showing them music and then making sure there's no curse words in it so you don't mm-hmm. get in trouble for showing it to them. <laughs> uh, a lot of my former students play shows with me now. That's cool. Like, and there are a couple of them, actually. I remember, like, having that vibe. Like, uh, 
uh, that that feeling of like they were just discovered wherever their gateway band was. I guess for them it was maybe Twenty One Pilots or something. Sure. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. You should check out. Um... Now you don't start with Saves the Day. Uh, there was an in between Saves the Day and Twenty One Pilots, but I was like, oh, you should listen to. Mm, can't remember what it was, but Streetlight's a band I pushed on a lot of kids too. Sure. Maybe like Sublime. I'm trying to think what because yeah. Twenty One Pilots is like kind of part reggae. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I think in my mind it was just like, oh, they had. Oh, you know what? I probably showed them like the front bottoms are brand new. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's like totally accessible. You I was know? just thinking like, okay, what are some new bands they can get really excited about? And oh, also I love that band, but like, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, point is, I eventually was like, so here's Saves the Day. Check this out. And now like a huge group of students. Actually, I feel like it kind of got the Hillsborough scene, like the town I'm from, the Hillsborough scene uh, invigorated again was me being a sub. If I can take any credit for that. Cause, <laughs> it's a uh, pioneer, yeah. We used to throw basement shows, and then they started throwing basement shows again. and, and it That's was, really cool. Yeah. So there's there's kids doing like basement shows in Hillsborough now? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, because that's like a good 35 minutes from here, probably. 15. 15? Oh, oh yeah, because I guess. Well, Hillsborough's dude. giant. So it's Hillsborough's 55 square miles. Uh, in perspective, Staten Island is 57 square miles. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so it is like really big. Fifteen to thirty-five mi- minutes, depending on what <laughs> yeah, part yeah, of town yeah. you're going to. Yeah, that's cool though, man. That's a cool way to get them into it. Yeah, yeah like because you do have like the battle of the bands at your schools and stuff, uh-huh. but that's like not what it's about. Especially like it's a battle, but like mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't set the right vibe where it's like in the kids' hands, like you know. No. So did but, you play the battle? Uh, yeah, I definitely played. I've definitely played like most years. One time, I think one or two times, it wasn't even a battle. And there was a one time in particular, man, like it's when I was in like a, a post hardcore band in high school uh-huh. and um, we were kind of in with like kids that were like five to six years older than us. Okay. So like we played in all those bands played. So like half the bands weren't <laughs> even in high school and all these like, like bro dudes and like gym shorts rolled up to the show. And like, oh there was like a paid, I think it was, it was really <laughs> fun. It was in the middle school. It was really funny. But, um, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So, I definitely did those. I think the first thing I ever played was like a green day cover at a coffee house and I spray painted my hair green. Nice. Played, we played brain stew. <laughs> Me and him one guitar and he sat mm-hmm. down and his guitar was unclean the whole time. And oh my God. Well, that's, you know, that's a really hard song to learn. <laughs> <laughs> so, so detailed, man. Yeah. yeah. I can I, picture Were any of the Gates guys? They went to your school, right? I went to school with Mike from Gates and then, um, uh, he, Played. One of the other guys went to my high school. So Dan, actually, yeah. Dan did, and he played in A Means to a Fall, who yeah, we were talking exactly. about we before talk- the podcast exactly. started. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Mike went to the same high school as me, and I would go to his old band shows. He used to play in a ska band. So, like, I was a huge fucking pop punk ska guy, oh, early yeah. 2000s. Still am, I think. But, mm-hmm. yeah, we'd, we'd go to shows at Bloomfield Ave and Hamilton Street, and that's what I feel like really got me out and, like, seeing the local scene and shit and, like, really getting into all that, so... It's awesome. Yeah, no, same. Like, uh, yeah, my first, my some of my first local show memories are also involving Catch Twenty Two. Though it wasn't, I don't know, Starland just that counts as local, but it it kind of it's like you know local bands playing a big show. I guess. Sure, sure. They, I mean, they were big by that point, but all the bands that opened for them weren't that. I mean, every band that was on that show it was one of those like uh, big new holiday. I think it was called the Hometown Holiday Brodown in '07. Or okay. So. And uh, it was Catch Twenty Two, Patent Pending, uh, but Westbound Train played. Yeah, and, like cool. Probably uh, bombed the music industry. Not that maybe. one. 
No, I know Maybe. they played. No, I'm thinking like 2010. They did played Skanksgiving at Starland. Yeah, Bowl I saw or, them there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. That was yeah, and that was right after I think Get Warmer came out. So that was a cool record. Hell yeah. How do you feel about Streetlight uh, doing you know all these shows like the Keysby Nights show? So full disclaimer, my Facebook URL to this day and will never change is Keysby Nights. Respects. I snatched it the second I could. <laughs> uh, yeah. I haven't gotten the tickets yet because uh, I'm a little bit lazy. But I probably will. I was like bugged that he, it's uh, so Streetlight Manifesto is playing the Catch Twenty Two album, uh, Keysby Nights. That's for weird. Any, yeah, for anyone listening, yeah, that uh, didn't know. So the singer yeah. of Catch Twenty Two, the the guy who wrote most of Keysby Nights, he didn't pl- record everything. He didn't like write the horn parts or like arrange them or whatever. But he was the, the singer songwriter for Catch Twenty Two. Recorded Keysby Nights with the band, left, and then his band Streetlight Manifesto. Puts out a cover album of Keys Be Nights. Re-records the same album, right? And now they're performing the album in uh, two months in New Jersey. Yeah. All the members of Streetlight Manifesto performing Catch 22's Keys Be Nights. So that's that's what bugs me. It's like, dude, I, why can't you get your old musician friends? Like, why can't you get your old bandmates to play on the album? Like, it'd be nice to see Catch 22 play it. Do you think like Ryan and Kevin would want to do that? I don't know, because I think there's like a lot of unresolved drama that band had you know what that is that's post beef because i think the beef is dead yeah you can't be mad about like because i think all the real fights are just like bullshit on tours like when they're because you're 19 and you're on tour and you guys are going to break each other's balls so i think at this point i don't think they would because none of those guys when the singer of catch 22 left thomas he never talks to anyone really yeah you know he talked to uh jamie egan and ryan uh ansley who joined streetlight manifesto Mm -hmm. but then after that like they both eventually left. Did, yeah, Jamie Egan and, and yeah, yeah, they did leave. No, there's no members of Catch besides Thomas in the band anymore. Yeah. Um. So it just it just rubbed me the wrong way. It's like, dude, you can't like even say hey. I I um. Did, did the drummer didn't Chris before their their current drummer's named Chris, but didn't the Chris from Catch Me Two also join Streetway originally? No, they or? had they had another guy. Chris who Greer and quickly Chris left. Yeah, and now Chris Thatcher is, Chris is the drummer. Thatcher. Yeah, but Chris Greer okay. has only played in Catch. I didn't realize that. So okay, yeah, should have. But yeah, so that's the that's the NJ ska history corner for anyone. <laughs> for, yeah, for all the listeners. Um, yeah, I don't. I just I feel like you should if you're gonna play an album, why don't you have the lineup of the band? They're all still yeah. around. Those guys. Yeah. Do, do you feel like they would or wouldn't do it? I don't know any of them person. I've met some a bunch of them, but like I don't really know them, so I have no idea. Do like uh, my fan perspective is. Yeah, I feel like, uh, assuming there's nothing, like, super dramatic between them, I feel like they'd be like, hell yeah, this is everyone's, like, quote-unquote favorite record. Yeah. We should do something to honor it. I mean, I know it's my favorite record, and I'm a huge fan of all the post-Toke, uh, like, got catch stuff. Like, Yeah. Dude, Permanent Revolution, that's, like... Really cool album. So, it's, like, neck and... It, it's not neck and neck, I, can't, I have to be honest, but, like, it's up there. It's really up there. Yeah, they put out solid albums even after the guy left and started uh-huh. Streetlight. So, I don't it's, know. Oh man, that yeah, that record was so cool, and all I mean, yeah, and all the singles were great. Weinstein lips, uh, dinosaur sounds. Actually, that's probably the one I play the most these days. Nice. I never listened to that one. I uh-huh. I don't know why. I really liked Alone in the Crowd and Keysby Nights, and then I think it was getting too popular in my middle school, and I was like a hipster. I was like uh-huh. a thirteen-year-old hipster punk. Like, oh, I'm not gonna listen to this band anymore. But then I listened back to it like like three years ago. I'm like, oh, this is a good record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catch Twenty Two is great. Um, Victory Records seems to screw over every band they work with. Uh, yeah, I think it's just that's the consensus. <laughs> like, anyone that uh, like is looking forward to signing to Victory Records, 
in 2018 doesn't know what they're talking about, really. Check out a Wikipedia page or 10. <laughs> yeah, seriously, check out a, a law book. Like, yeah. Or, you know, yeah, all of their controversies are on their Wikipedia, right? They gotta be, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're I, on the internet. That much is, effect. yeah. They're on the they're on Wikipedia. They gotta be. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine that's a big controversy surrounding the label. You know, I mean, so every band that get any band that breaks on Victory, and I mean, there's less now, but any band that like sold a million records instantly once they had enough money sued the label. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Thursday, a, Silverstein, a day to remember, day to remember, <laughs> Street like funny. the second they could. Yeah. It's funny, though, because would they have gone as big as they did without Victory Records? Uh, you know, that's an interesting question. So I feel like Victory Records makes you a household name, puts you in malls, puts you on TV. There's a fame with that label that you can only, that, like, Taking Back Sunday, they got so huge. Yeah, think about the, some of the biggest bands right now. They were Victory bands, you know? Yeah. Um, a Day to Remember, like, really big. Um. Do you remember Saves the Day? I mean, not Saves the Day. Uh, Silverstein. Thursday. Uh, Thursday. Those yeah. are three of the biggest bands in that genre, and they were all victory. So I definitely have to give the victory PR department props. Yeah, I mean, they did they did something for those yeah. bands. And I guess the accounting department props, but in a different way. <laughs> yeah, for hustling, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess they just never got paid out royalties. But um, I saw this. Yeah. I saw this band called We versus Sharks recently. Okay. And the the guitarist was wearing Victory Record shorts and like a Metallica cap and like a dad cap. Uh-huh. That's uh, I found out later from my girlfriend who sold at Urban Outfitters. So he bought, he bought the vintage Metallica dad cap uh-huh. and the Victory Record shorts. And I was with my friend. I'm like, and they started playing. They sounded like Warped Tour pop punk. Like three yes. guitars, but nothing nothing interesting happening at all dude just maybe like oh octaves and then like oh. the rhythm chord was doubled like one guy didn't need a guitar the, the most that went on was octaves by one person mm-hmm. and I, I said to my friend like yo do you think like they're being ironic with the victory record shorts like is it a joke <laughs> then halfway through the set um the guy no. was like oh this song's on a new album coming out of victory records no, no dude it was actually they opened um on for wilhelm scream they bought onto a tour they bought into the mm-hmm. tour where Wilhelm Scream played, um, fuck, whatever. They're not party. Career Suicide. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear that album? It's like a Wil- Wilhelm Scream. A Wilhelm Scream, yeah, Career Suicide. I mean, I probably have, but I, I can't place it. No, dude, if you like like skate punk or like yeah, melodic, I like Wilhelm Scream a lot. Yeah, yeah, but I guess casually. You a lot, definitely, yeah. yeah, you definitely know some songs from it then. Okay, so they played that album in full, which is a big album, but they had a slot. Uh, to open the tour they had two of their bands play but they had a slot to open the tour and mm. this band that's working with Victory now Victory threw their name into the hat and said look we'll pay money to promote this tour so let's say they put like $3,000 into promotion oh. or something um, yeah they got that band on the tour I hope I don't get sued by Victory Records now for this podcast but <laughs> I don't think yeah. it'll ever reach them but yeah I mean I don't know what Tony does He if he's a voracious podcast consumer yeah yeah <laughs> So I th- I th- think I'm okay, but yeah. yeah, I mean that game of like buying onto shit and like putting your name in the hat and like putting a good word in uh-huh. and paying people off and shit. I don't know. I just want to make fucking music, man. I always wonder, like, uh, uh, yeah, you always wonder how, who's doing that kind of stuff. And yeah, I think that I had this idea years ago that it'd be so cool if someone got like all these big bands together, like big trendy bands, like. And got them all to make PSAs, sort of. Just like, like I don't know, it was just like a fantasy. I, I daydream a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to get like, so I think this daydream occurred like maybe 2014. Okay. So I wanted to get Soupy from the Wonder Years. I wanted to, not, he's still big, but like, yeah. Um, 
just all the dudes in the big pop punk bands that were blowing up then to just make a PSA and be like, hey, never do a pay-to-play show. None of our bands ever had to do that to get big, Here's if why. it's true. Yeah. I don't think they did. I don't um, think so. I, I do, though, remember, just for the the sake of continuity, and um, I remember one one year, the Wonder Years made a MySpace bulletin, like, we're not playing Bamboozle because that shit's stupid. <laughs> go play, go to a local show, see five there bands get in their face, you know? And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And like four years later, like, we're so stoked to be playing Bamboozle this oh, year. But oh, I get it. Like, they they signed to a bigger label, right? That yeah, they're hopeless now. Front, yeah, who wants to put them in front of as many people as possible. And Bamboozle, at the end of the day, is it bad? I don't know. I mean, it didn't work out because the fucking guy booked Bon Jovi and, like, lost a ton of money. But Yikes, yeah. It was a music festival in New Jersey. Like, that's a good thing, right? Yeah. I mean, people, did people travel for that? I'm sure some people did because there were some reunions that would happen. Maybe not far, but I saw the movie life. Yeah, man, like that's a reason to go for a lot of for a hardcore fan. That's yeah. a reason to f- fly to New Jersey, which is wild. But yeah, right. Yeah, I know. Folly reunited. There were there was a ton. Although I bet the bulk of movie life fans are on the East Coast. If I had to guess, yeah, yeah, Northeast totally. Yeah. yeah, and they did probably play some other shows around it, right? Or did they only yeah. do that one at the time? I think they did that one, and then they did. Then they did, and this, ah, oh, I'm kicking myself. Then they did one show at, um, I, I can't believe I didn't go to this show, but I didn't know. Like, they did the show, and I thought about going to, um, I think it was Best Buy Theater, maybe, in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with two secret openers, Crime and Stereo, who were broken up at the time and yeah. brand new. Wow. And this is, again, like, years ago. Damn. So, yeah. yeah, that's wild. Like, you know, just, oh, hey, yeah, it's Secret Heather. <laughs> like, yeah, Secret, by the way. By the way, check it out. I'm a huge Crime and Stereo fan. Cool. But, yeah, they're uh, doing more yeah. reunion shows now, too. They are, yeah. They still play out a bit. Can try and get have out you, to a couple of them. Have you heard the new Movie Life record? I have not. Okay, yeah, don't, man. Just don't. No. Okay. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know what, whenever a band puts out an album on Rise Records, uh-huh. for some reason it sounds like fucking just, okay. I don't know. Like just <laughs> pop sounds like a pop album. Rise Records, they're another one of those labels. Yeah, what are, who they're are they actually out these days? They're like, yeah, they're like what Victory was for us for like the kids now. Like a lot of kids eat up Rise Records bands. Yeah, and some of them are cool. I mean, I I'm a fucking glutton for like bad post hardcore and like cheesy shit. So like okay. I, I dig a lot of that stuff. But yeah, um, yeah. Some, I mean, what the Rise Core bands like when that. F- when that stuff first started coming out, I guess like, like Devil Wears Prada was like a, the, the rise. Yeah, they were probably the first one. They had. I mean, Fear before the March of Flames before okay. that. Yeah. Um, they like were get play on TV and shit. Yeah, Devil Wears Prada, Dance Gavin Dance is like a big. That's nice. like the one of the bigger ones for them now. I would guess. Yeah. Dan- oh my god, that, that band has had like good for the do good for Dance Gavin Dance for like sticking through. Yeah, I can only respect them now. Yeah. Like honestly, <laughs> for for staying together and being a band, like they were because they mm-hmm. put up with being a joke for so long. <laughs> dude, they they and they still are an easy band to rip on for that reason. But like, yo, they fucking pack out venues, man. Yeah, they pack out. I've seen them do it. I've seen them pack out at the three thousand capacity venue. Like, and they survived a lead singer change. Two of them. Two, yeah, two. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and one guy turned out to be fucking selling people laptops right, all the yeah. time. Remember That's that? what I was talking about. Johnny Craig. They <laughs> he got scammed everyone. <laughs> yeah. He's fucking, he was a pill head and he told people on Twitter, I'll sell you a laptop and they'd send him money and he mm-hmm. just never sent it. Just never sent it. That's wild. Yeah. Now I've heard of like, uh, that's insane. I've heard of bands doing that, but with merch, but not like personal items. Yeah. <laughs> laptop. Why is he a laptop salesman? <laughs> I don't know why he thought that worked. I hope he's sober. The funniest it did, thing. though. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, the funniest shit I, when I I went to the Dance Gavin Dance, uh, yeah. the ten year tour, all the singers mm-hmm. played, and Johnny Craig came out, and he oh, actually wow. played with his band. He played with his original band at the time called Slaves. Okay. That's what they're called. And the A is like a stupid fucking triangle just to be like hip. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hype. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like marketing. But um, he was talking in between songs like, yeah, this song's about drug addiction. Like, you know, it's never too late to get clean. I lost a friend last year and, you know, always try to get clean. And someone in the crowd just goes, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> It was so good, man. He was just like, oh, that's not cool, man. Hey, man, I'm out here talking about my life. And it was just, it was a perfect moment, dude. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people hate it. He's a fucking clown, dude. Yeah. We talked to him, like, for maybe, like, four or five minutes, and he was, like, fucking with my one friend and, like, punched him in the dick, like, ah, sack tap, gotcha, man. (laughs) He's just, like, a clown with, like, a bunch of face tattoos. Like, they all, Mm -hmm. that band kind of, I mean, they. I think a lot of guys and a lot of people in full time bands like you just become like a. You're an adult, but you still act like a kid, kind of. Arrested Development is a totally a real thing with dudes and bands. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so much shit like yeah. just happens to them, and it's like, yo, are you a real person? And it's like, oh wait, you're not, because people love when you sing or play guitar, or mm. like they love seeing your band. So you just like got to fuck around for a got while. To. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not not everyone too. Cause some people, you know, some not everyone's a fucking man child or woman child or whatever. Yeah. But you, you see it a lot, you know. You see like personalities and like it's yeah, just funny. Well, from what I heard, um, some mutual friends of ours got to do a tour with Goldfinger, and <laughs> I heard that he's like that. John Feldman is like the the epitome of like a uh, like. A cartoonist eccentric millionaire who yeah. can do who can like helicopter into the show, then helicopter out, record five songs this summer, and then just kind of do whatever he wants. That's so wild. I mean, because on top of Goldfinger, yeah, he's like a huge record producer now. He did some. Like, I mean, yeah, he's done some really huge records. New like, Blink album, like Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Which, yeah, like, all all huge. That he major... got to used famous. Yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, I think he did. He did other stuff for like uh, what's it called? Um. Big label, Jersey, mid two thousands, pop punk, newfound glory, drive through records. Thank you. Biggest, yeah. He did their. He did a lot of their stuff. I think so. I oh could wow. Just, that could just be completely not true. No, I mean you could be. Yeah. I thought he did some of their stuff. You're probably right. Yeah. You ever hear the rumor about the owner of Drive Through Records? Are you talking about the walking on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to explore it further because I want to get more information and I don't know where I can get it from. I I'm not that guy. <laughs> yeah. So Drive Through Records in New Jersey was like the big pop punk label. We're like, I, I grew up on a lot of drive through bands, like Census Fail, Newfound Glory, RX Bandits. Uh, yeah, there were so many. Um, yeah. There was rumors that to sign a victory or in order to get a demo submission. Uh, right. Uh, not right. Not victory. Uh, uh, drive through. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Rumors that to sign a drive through, you'd have to walk barefoot on yeah. the owner Richard's back. That's to crack his back, I guess. Yes. But uh, it's just a very strange rumor. I, it's such a prevalent rumor. I've heard it from so many different sources just in like touring and stuff just people in different states have told me that yeah that's hilarious i uh, want i dude i actually i made a joke about it on facebook and someone commented yeah the dr- this singer of my band had to do that <laughs> well it's a thing that's not really said it's just something like like have you ever read it anywhere from a famous band or no, anything i've just heard it through I like i don't know where i've been hearing it yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, it's just like a cop. Yeah, you just hear like word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. The second I'll, you said, I was like, yeah, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> I was like the walking on the back thing. <laughs> I want to get to the bottom of it. It was. I mean, so from what I understood, what one dude told me was, uh. I guess they were brother and sister, right? Were they twins? The uh, owners? The owners. I think so. And they're actually, they were from North Brunswick. Yeah, actually. I mean, they're Jersey. North Brunswick, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're Jersey oh. people, yeah. Uh, so what I heard was because they were super close, like brother and sister, it was just the ultimate trust thing. Sure. So if you could do that, then they would know that, okay, you're for real. You're going to do this. Yeah, I don't know. As I'm trying oh, to rationalize it. Okay. But like. I get, I get it. Like, take this walk of trust on my back. Yeah. Although, to be honest, if I was the guy, if I was one of them, I'd rather walk on the band's back because wouldn't that be like anyone could? I'll, I'll walk on anyone's back, you know. That's yeah. not too much. I feel like he's taking more of a. It's more of a display of trust than a test of trust, in my opinion. Yeah, it's yeah. Because you could really jack up someone's back if you mess up. <laughs> yeah, because like you could just stomp them out if you wanted. Yeah. But I guess it's like uh, weird. So that's where the trust comes from. Like yeah. you have to. It's some weird bonding. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, some people just <laughs> wouldn't do it, though, is the other thing I've heard. <laughs> yeah, probably. And we don't know their bands yeah. to this day. They could have been the next... Uh, mm-hmm. Could have <laughs> been the next uh, starting line. Yeah. Oh, man. Early November just did a show, actually. Nice. Room's Too Cold. I heard. Re- I had reports that they played badly. So wow. anyone out there that didn't go that wants to know, the early November played badly, according to my one friend who went. <laughs> according to, yeah. <laughs> he said they were just, like, unrehearsed and, like, you know, they just mm-hmm. showed up and played and, you know, people sang along. Gates played that show, too, actually. Nice. Which is cool. Yeah. I'm a huge, huge fan. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're fucking great, man. They, Did they announce uh, that? Oh, shit, I might have edit that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a thing to not, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, hey, no. so, uh, Victory Records. <laughs> oh, we forgot to name the uh, biggest victory band, Hawthorne Heights. Yeah, that's true, we did. Yeah. Um, Ohio's for Lovers. Mm. Uh, man, they, yeah, they just made everyone a household name. Yeah. Yeah, no, we can talk, we'll talk about Gates, but yeah, yeah um, they are great. It's a good band. Yeah, um, they, uh... Put on a good show. What do you are you uh, are you around this Friday? Uh, I think actually, yeah. We're I doing re- a show around the corner from here, over in New Brunswick. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not a non sequitur. The way I said it was a non sequitur, but Gates is like no. Gates really inspired us a lot. Like just watching them, their whole post rock, mixing it with like post hardcore and other things, has definitely influenced our music over the years. Um, but something that I always thought was really cool that they did was uh, their light show. Yeah, that was always super awesome. And dude, it's just like it's just like fluorescent incandescent lights, like in like these light cans, and just like a foot pedal, an on and off. Like uh, Mike told me, like it was just like Christmas switch pedal. That's yeah. all they had, and they like roll the venues. Like bands would be like, "Oh, what's your light setup like?" And they're like, "No, nah, it's just like a foot switch." <laughs> but, like, yeah. uh, but they just timed it so well, and like that's what really made it cool. Super tight, yeah. It definitely added like an extra level to the music, so mm-hmm. it's nice. Um, yeah. Always put on a great show. Let, let's talk about Feeney because I noticed like a, a direction change in your guys' music where it did go more like post rock and yeah, like so e- that was emo stuff. Honestly, partially because of Gates is why, I, uh, even down to like we actually incorporate lights in our set now. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Nice. Um, we try, I don't want to like completely rip them off, so we do it in a different fashion. Like, yeah, uh, do your own thing. But uh, yeah, like we use like red and blue and stuff, but like, yeah. Totally. What time do you guys play on Friday? We play. I don't know. I, I have a like practice eight? till not. Ah, oh, shit. Okay. 
Well, uh, we're I don't know. So we're the first band on the flyer, so that means we're either going last or first. Sure. However, so. they decide. I bet the person running the house show still doesn't know what the order of the bands is. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a fun time, though. Oh yeah, no, it'll be great. And it's yeah, it's it's really cool. Hey, side so side note, what did you like more? What do you like more? College Jav esque shows or Douglas shows? Um. Which which area is Douglas? That's yeah. like the farm over by like where the cooler ranch used oh, to be. Oh, okay, college. Yeah, uh, yeah. And co- college at yeah. I think so. Yeah, cool. I always go back and forth. Like uh, I, I I end up at more college app shows. Oh, same. Yeah, like, not hands down. I end up at more. I think because there shows. are more. Yeah, but the Douglas shows are usually cool lineups. The Douglas shows I always liked because first off, it's on the art campus, so they're a little bit weirder. Yeah, definitely is true. And uh, so, depending on my mood, I could definitely go for that. But the other thing is, I've never seen a show get shut down there. That's true too. Yeah, that's a good point because it's so far away from everything. So far away. I mean, the the, the not the aquarium that was over on that was on uh, College Ave, but uh, the the Alamo. Like, yeah, I think there's another Alamo now. There but is, but that one closed Alamo, too. You know? Yeah, off uh, Soydum Street, where uh, I would see like Lemuria play. Yeah, <laughs> the Screaming Females, the Ergs. Yeah, there were yeah. a lot of really good shows there. So I was like, I don't know, those shows. I think back in the day, like it's it, it's like everything else, the scenes change. So I think right now, yeah, I go to more college Ave shows, but that, back like Hub City Hardcore days, um, yeah. and the Loft and stuff, they were, I was more Douglas stuff. Sure. Yeah, there was more like of neat stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you we were talking before about how like your band has cycled through college generations, right? <laughs> yeah, like where you find yourself playing to a new group of college kids, but they're still stoked on your band. That's cool, actually. Yeah, that's a really positive way to look at it. Yeah, the fact that it's still like relevant music, you know? Yeah, like that that someone wants to like put on. Mm-hmm. So that that's pretty neat. I've definitely felt where like I've been aged out twice of like the New Brunswick scene. I feel like we get I, aged out every semester. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I mean everyone moves and stuff. Yeah, and, like it's it's cool though. You know, just playing, still it is. playing in front of anyone and people digging it. Like usually, as long as we get booked once, like we'll get booked again. You that's know, it. that just helps to like the ball rolling. Things change. Kids move out. They quit music. Or there. That then a the whole bunch of new kids will become juniors at Rutgers or we'll decide, Hey, I want to move to New Brunswick to do shows. And uh, yeah, people literally do that. Which yeah. Is awesome. Yeah. That's why I moved to New Brunswick. I didn't go to Rutgers. I went to Kane. I moved to New Brunswick just to be a part of the scene. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, we started Feeney on Delafield street. That's cool. That's a perp. That's a good street to do shows on. Yeah, actually, yeah. No, oh my God, I mean, so never mind if, if you're a cop listening. Never what? mind. What? Yeah. No, I'm sure. <laughs> We're chill. We're all very chill here. We don't play music. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, there, I've been. To I saw Aldrin Cowalder on Delfield Street in 2010. That's or probably 11. one of the last times. I mean, they only the played aquarium. Jersey like two or three times. Yeah, they probably only did. I mean, at least in the time that I knew of them, I saw them at. Uh, Oh, talk about a cool American Legion, more an American Legion. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joe used to run that spot. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Aloko, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know him? Yeah. Oh, Oh, right on. Cool. Yeah. No, definitely no. Yeah. Nice. I've only I knew his brother Mike because he played in like a punk band. I only spoke to him once online about booking Warren, and he was, what like, was oh. his, wait his brother's band was Ma- Maya's, Maya's Rune. Re- yeah, Maya's, yeah, he yeah. played with them at a different uh, the Linden Alex Lodge once. Oh, right on. Cool, yeah. cool. But that's like wow. a, that was an active place for a while, and then he when I last spoke to him, he said he wasn't doing shows there anymore. But I don't really know. 
I, I haven't seen anything there. I, yeah, me neither. But I saw Bane's last show, one of Bane's last, last, last shows, like one of their last 80 shows or whatever, because they did like eight farewell tours. Oh, okay. But so this wasn't no, like, it was okay. it was like the last farewell tour. I, mean, I think they had like two or three shows after it left. But this wasn't like with the when Saves the Day and they were doing all that stuff. No, right? no. Okay. Yeah, War American Legion, but it was packed out. It was good. Nice. And I saw Algernon there once too, and like timeshares i think or like mm-hmm. whatever that like jersey punk band was yeah but yeah there's i mean there's little pockets of, of cool spaces but i feel like central jersey like new brunswick in particular is hurting for in all ages venue so bad dude so bad and it just makes so much sense to i always want to start one here if i could like, yeah i feel like i think Dinero, but i yeah. think if like it was rolling like so many people would help out like, there's so many people it. willing to like make it happen you know it's just like fucking hard to yeah, I, I mean, I always feel like the perfect locations, the perfect... I mean, New Brunswick would be amazing if someone could afford the rent and find yeah, a place. Yeah, and find a place that's safe and zoned and with decent parking, you know? Yeah, right. But the second number one location, I think downtown Somerville, actually, or in Bridgewater. Huh. Yeah, there is there is space over there. Yeah. There's more space in those towns. And well, the thing is, it's like, it's right on the highway, 78, 287, 22, 206, 202, 22. 20-minute drive from New Brunswick. 20 minutes from New Brunswick. Yeah, maybe less. But, That's why Boundbrook yeah. was cool. It was right up East End, and you're there. Yeah, same thing. Boundbrook would be great. Yeah, anything in that area. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe some person who doesn't know about like the scene will just come along and open a venue, and hopefully it still works. That'd be sick, and hopefully they do it in the right way. Yeah. People try and do it in the wrong way too often, I Ye- think. Yeah, it, it's... It's hard, I guess. I don't know. I never really had to do it, but I can't imagine making a living off booking shows. Yeah, you right? know what though? I gotta give props to uh, I gotta give props to Boon Tunes. What they're doing right now is amazing. Yeah, Justin's yeah. Justin's works really hard. I, just to put on good shows. He's like yeah. super accommodating. He just does it because he likes doing it. He's not even mm-hmm. like really like like they're open whenever he wants to be, and mm-hmm. then like he does shows, but he has a job on, besides all that, you know. So yeah, he's doing it for the love of the music. Yeah. You know he's amazing. He, he played in a band. Uh, he played in. I mean, it's it's cool when you see someone who played in a band because you know they kind of get mm-hmm. it. He played in Professor Plum. Okay, like an old like NJ Scott band. Yeah, I wait. Justin was in Professor Plum. <laughs> yeah, he played drums in it. He no was way. wasn't their first drummer. He's probably like their second or third. But we play Boon Tunes. That's like one of our home base venues. I gotta sell him. I I have to like ask him about that sometime. Yeah, yeah. And I know Jenny, um, who plays in Hub City Stomper and just now played in that band too. Which is pretty cool. To bring it full circle, I think Professor Plum, I found out about them. Did they get shouted out on 1234, 1234? At the end of, yeah, yeah. Keys Nights, yeah. Exactly. Keys Nights, at, uh, Catch 22 at the end of their album shouts out a bunch of Jersey ska bands. Uh-huh. And, yeah, One Professor, cool guy, <laughs> Professor Plum. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> oh, man. Um, wait, so with Feeney, yeah. w- what do you think like Gates really brought out a, a direction of change? Like, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I def- they definitely were an influence, uh, just the way that they run such tight shows, but, uh, yeah, so... Just the right, because the writing style changed a lot, because you guys uh-huh. went from what I thought would be, like, what I'd say was like a punk or like pop punk band, uh-huh. to now it's still kind of punk, but like emo, yeah, like post-rock style. Uh-huh. So, what, just felt like a direction change was good? I don't really want to make the same record too many times, I guess. Yeah. Like... Maybe twice would be fine, but like yeah, I feel you. Uh, I I think it was it was really organic. Like uh, I know, like every band probably says that, and but it was better I, that than to be forced, yeah. you know. Well, there were some things actually. You know what? I'll say what every band doesn't say. There were a couple conscious choices I made when we wrote like 
our second DP, uh, No Beauty and Routine, I gave myself a challenge that I wouldn't use any power chords on the record. Oh, wow. Uh, the first record's all power chords. So I was like, and I felt like I just got in the box with songwriting. So I was like, sure. okay, if I don't use any power chords, what can I do? Yeah. So it's a lot of just picked out stuff, and uh, I came up with weirder chords. And But I also, the other thing I told myself was, if you're going to do something like this, don't be weird for weirdness sake. Make cool. Make a practical. Well, not practical, that, but make yeah, make the music make sense. Like I'd rather use it. Like if I need to use a power chord, and there are like a couple power chords on the record because sure. I didn't want to like. You don't want to short. You don't want to short the song just for your your streak of no power chords. Yeah, just for my exactly just my weird streak. No catch up. No catch up. No power chords on this album. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. No, that's definitely a good way to push yourself. Yeah. It's and like kind of. It's like tying one arm behind your back to make the other arm better. You know. It's yeah. Like in the writing perspective. So, because really there are only fucking seven chords you can. I mean, if you want to yeah. say chromatically, there's eleven chords in 11. a key, right? Yeah. Plus major minor, but still, like as far as the root, and only six of them make sense. So yeah. <laughs> to use practically in, mm-hmm. in a song. So. So yeah, and also you gotta look at keep in mind like so when we put out the first EP, I was. No, this is a big age difference, but I wrote most of those songs in high school. The second EP, I think I oh, came out what 2015. Uh, I was in my early 20s, so there was a get there was a gap between when you write songs when you're 17 to 19 versus when you're writing songs at like age 23. Sure, big big different perspective. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I had already discovered explosions in the sky and the mountain goats and like cool. I I mean I still listen to like. Stack Radio and Jay is still like one of my favorite bands, and I still am obsessed with all the punk I, I totally yeah, yeah you don't to. yeah you don't age out of what you listen to, but no, you only add you right yeah exactly totally yeah I think that's a healthy way I think there are a lot of people who do a who maybe do feel they have to age out yeah that shit's lame yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen to the music you like don't feel like because you're older you don't have to anymore right yeah like there's a place for both rancid and at the drive-in totally actually those bands are actually more similar than that than anyone who doesn't listen to punk would think those bands sound the same yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like explaining music to like a parent or like yeah. an adult. Like, no, they're both rock punk bands. Yeah, they're angry guys shouting about something in an upbeat tempo. <laughs> yeah, I, I did hear the new Feeney single. I thought it was pretty cool. Thanks. You got you guys recorded that at Canon Sound Studio. Mm-hmm. How was it working there? It was cool. Jesse's real cool, and uh, Mike Ettinger, who uh, is the other guy there, it was awesome. Uh, we did our last EP with them too. They've so, done a lot. They've done a lot of uh, albums and some really big. Like they did all Man Overboard shit, and like mm-hmm. they've done some really bigger things. So it's a good play. And didn't Jesse write a book? He's really smart. That was my favorite part about. That's fucking there. sick. Yeah, he's just talking about like all kinds of subjects, bouncing off like I don't know. We talk a lot about politics when we make these songs, actually. Um, but also hearing him tell stories about just like because he's been around for a minute. So hearing stories about. When he was at a house in New Brunswick with like Chris Conley and Jeff Rickley, yeah, <laughs> we like, that's uh, fucking awesome, right? Yeah, just all hanging out. And yeah, now they're I'm all just, doing very well. Or the one time when he did the leftover crack records and uh, Ta- and Lorging and against me came by um, to at do, the time Tom Gable, right? At the time, yeah, yeah. So, so Lorging and Grace at the time Tom Gable came by to um, like do uh, gang vocals. Yeah. And just like, oh, that's, that's fucking cool. so sick. Yeah. Uh, and like, yeah, they're one of my favorite bands forever against me. So I like just geek Geeked out so out. hard. <laughs> hell yeah. Um, that's but cool I don't know. Meeting new people and all that. Like meeting, well, not meeting new yeah. people, but like, I, I don't know. You surround yourself with like-minded people and eventually, hopefully, 
you can look back and be like, oh, that was so cool. Like we were yeah. all hanging out back then, you know? Like totally. that's that's a fucking awesome story. Going to a show with the singer of Thursday and saves the day. Yeah. Like, that's fucking that's really cool. It's like well that's like so I studied history in college. For me, uh you break down that word, it's his story. So that's why I did it. It's story time. I just that's what it's all about. It's songs, everything. I just like hearing cool stories. Yeah. Totally, man. <clears throat> Get to talk to people, shoot to shit. Yeah. You know? Do you do you find that you write about politics in this in your songs no uh a little bit but i didn't really hear too much too much of it yeah yeah um we have like i don't want to for our sound and what we're doing with feeny it doesn't i don't think it's i I don't know (laughs) we uh i agree with what you're the the, the thought yeah it's not yeah there's there's a time and a place for it we're not that like obviously i love anti-flag i love rage i mean if if you can, you can like, what I'm saying. You can yeah. like bigger picture do like talk about a, t- a power dynamic or a power struggle, but you can't mm-hmm. be like super like no effects political like or propaganda mm-hmm. where it's like you're just reading statistics or a yeah. prison song by System of a Down where you're just like it's not the right thing where you're like sh- shouting yeah. off, you know. We're not the right vehicle for that message. That being said, we actually are more political than most people think. Cool. For example, I try and do it in a different way. Like uh, the last song on our uh, on No Beauty and Routine is called The Haymarket Affair. It's not that much of a political song, but I titled it that, hoping people would one day Google it and learn about it on their own terms if they wanted to. Cool. It's about, like, uh, work, and it's loosely about it. It's about, like, um, International Workers' Day and how uh, we got the 40-hour work week and labor struggles, but it sounds like it's a love song. And there's a second song on that record where I say, so I guess we do a little bit talk about politics, because... But more impersonal. I'm not going to list stats at someone. I don't want to yeah. shout. I want them to discover it on their own. That's yeah. the teacher thing. Yeah. Totally. Uh, the second song, which is probably our second or it's either our most popular or our second most popular song, um, Spoliation, which is a uh, parenthetical titled Uncomfortable. It seems like it's about a relationship, and I might be blowing up our own spot by saying this, but it's actually not. It's about... Um, it's through the lens of that. It's like through metaphor. But at one point in the song, I even say, uh, "This song will uh, pass on lips that don't that misunderstand, or these thoughts will pass on lips that misunderstand my song." Because it's about, it's actually kind of about like intolerance in a broad sense. Just so I don't completely blow up my spot. But it's about when people, the way and the way I handle that. So it's still personal, I guess. Yeah. What I'm trying to say to bring it all together is that song is about when you really like someone and you, as a person, and you want them to, um, you want to like pursue any kind of relationship with them, but then they drop like a word that you're really uncomfortable using. Sure. And I don't always want to lecture people or get in a fight. So in those situations, rather than teach them something, I'd rather just extricate myself from their life. Sure. So. Yeah, there's a couple other that's, songs that's that are kind of like conscious, that. I'd say. And yeah, definitely in the the climate that we have, I consider that political. Yeah, yeah. And but uh, even if, if it's yeah. not in a, like a bit broad, like a specific sense, like it makes people think, mm-hmm. or right, and that like when people, that's like the best way people can learn shit or take it in is when they want to, when they're mm-hmm. moved to. So like, especially as a teacher, like if I can get kids to do the learning. And yeah. like, just I just set it up the right way. That's awesome. I don't I don't have to work as hard. Exactly. And I'm still being efficient. It's not like I'm being a shitty teacher, but like, there's ways to do things where, you know, you can suggest ideas or like move people to to look into things. So yeah, you can neat, uh, you can dunk a horse's head underwater and they still might not drink. Yeah, so. it's fucking true, man. It is. So <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's, it is political, but you really have to dig. You have to dig a bit for it. Yeah. Tight. 
Well, yeah, check out check out Feeney. Definitely check out Feeney. I think we're just about done, man. All right, we're, okay. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, Matt, thanks so much for coming by. Thanks for having me, Joe. Yeah, hell yeah. Subscribe, whatever.